This is Pastor Eric. Thanks so much for checking out our Life Church podcast. We pray that it's a blessing to you. For more information about Life Church, check us out at lifechurchutah.com. Pull your notes out for today's message, if you will. And we're going to concentrate on God's Word here for just a moment. When I talked this morning earlier about spiritual warfare, a lot of times people wonder why we sing before we preach. It's because of the power of, of, uh, of, of our praise unto God. It binds the working of the enemy and it releases the working of the Holy Spirit to, to touch our hearts so that the, when the Word of God is offered, it goes into the hearts of people. And that's the reason why we do that. So I'm going to ask you, we're going to be done here in just about 25 minutes. So let's just hold steady in our seats and allow the Holy Spirit to inspire people and to touch people's lives and even your own spirit. We have been in this series all summer long where we've been talking about great lessons from the Old Testament, things that we can learn from Old Testament stories that bring such vital, life-changing truth to our lives today. And we're going to bring that whole series this summer to an end right now or this, this morning. And we're going to be moving into a new series about dealing with what really matters, the essentials of life in the month of September. I think you're going to be really touched by it and inspired by it. But today I want us to look at the subject of, of uh, discerning the will of God or the direction, the guidance of the Holy Spirit in our lives by looking into the life of, of one of Abraham's sons, a man by the name of Isaac. Uh, if you don't know his story, the brief, the brief uh, Reader's Digest version is that Isaac was a miracle child. He was a miracle child because he was born to parents who were very old. Matter of fact, Abraham, his father, was 100 years old, and Sarah, his mother, was 90 years of age. But God gave them a promise and he said, Abraham, out of you, I am, going to, I am going to bless the whole world from your descendants. And this was the promise, Genesis 15, 5. Then the Lord took Abram outside and said to him, look up into the sky and count the stars if you can. That's how many descendants you will have. Well, when God made that promise to Abraham, he had no child with Sarah. He was already very old. She was well past childbearing age. So the probability of that promise coming to pass was almost zero. I don't know what odds Vegas would have given on it, but they wouldn't have been very good. But early on in God's growing relationship with Abraham, God established a principle that Abraham had to understand, that Isaac had to understand, that Isaac's son Jacob had to understand all the way down to where you and I are today. It's a principle that applies to our lives in 2016, and I want you to get it. When the Lord promised a child to Abraham in their old age, the Bible tells us that both of them laughed. Genesis 17, 17 says, Then Abraham laughed to himself in disbelief. How could I become a father at the age of 100? And chapter 18, verse 12 tells us that Sarah said, or it tells us that Sarah laughed silently to herself. And then she said, How can a worn out woman like me enjoy such pleasure, especially when my master, my husband, is also so old? So it just seemed totally unbelievable. 
we would consider it totally unbelievable too. If something like that were, a promise like that were given to you at that kind of age, you would laugh as well. I think in my case, my wife would cry, but at, at any rate, at, 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 at this point, we would laugh at it and say, Lord, how in the world can this happen? But this is the principle, and it's found in chapter 18 and verse 14, and it's found in the, in the form of a question, because what God asked them then is anything too hard for God. And that's the principle that you and I in 2016 have got to understand is it's just as vital to us today as it was to Abraham and Sarah uh, so many thousands of years ago. In, in fact, it's the same word that God gave to Mary, the mother of Jesus, when the angel came to her and he told her, you are going to be the mother of the Messiah. And Mary said, well, how in the world can this be? I am a virgin. And the angel said in Luke 137, nothing is impossible with God. And so you have the, virtually the same thing stated between those two verses. Is anything too hard for God? I want to ask you this morning, is anything too hard for God? And then he answers the question, no, nothing is impossible with our God. Why is it? It's because he is the God who is the God Almighty. He has no weakness. He has no uh, lack. He is the God of complete supply and you and I have got to get that truth deep within our hearts today you know we tend and probably all people tend to be this way to look at things that look at life from the perspective of the here and now of what we've experienced of what we've known but the Lord wants us to see the big picture so the question is what can happen if God is in it what, can ha what dream would you dream if you knew for sure that God was in it and he would bring you the victory? He would bring the supply. In fact, I love how the Amplified Bible uh, enhances Luke 1.37. It says, for with God, nothing is ever impossible and no word from God shall be without power. I love that. No word from God shall be without power. One of the reasons we emphasize the word of God, the Bible, so strongly is because the Bible is full of living power. It's so important that you have the word of God buried deep within your soul and within your heart. Why? Because every word from God is full of living power and he lives it out through your life. And it is possible of fulfillment. That last part of that verse, so powerful to us, it shall be impossible, it is not impossible to be fulfilled. So here's the truth. If God promised it for you, he will fulfill it. He will bring it to pass. That was true for Mary. She became the mother of the Messiah. It was true for Abraham and Sarah because a year later, after the angel had visited them, after the Lord had spoken this promise to them, she became the mother of a bouncing baby boy. God was the God of the impossible for Mary, for Abraham and Sarah, and he is the God of the impossible for you in 2016. Hallelujah. But here's what I want you to understand. It's one thing to hear a promise. It's one thing to read a promise. It's quite another thing to possess a promise, to receive the promise. The promises of God are like seed, and they must be cared for properly. They must be, if you go along with a seed analogy, they must be watered 
They must be cared for properly to grow to completion. So just like a seed is planted in the garden and it is watered and the sunshine is cared for properly, then it brings forth a harvest. The same thing is true with the principles of God's word and the promises of God's word. They are given to us, but right conditions cause them to come to fulfillment. Now, for Isaac, I'm just going to talk about one of the conditions that was important for the promises given to Abraham that were going to be fulfilled through Isaac. I'm going, to, I'm going to just talk about one of the conditions that was important for that to be fulfilled. And the condition that was important for that to be fulfilled through Isaac was that he find the right wife. He had to find the right wife who would help believe with him for the promise that God had given to his father, which would be fulfilled through him. And so Abraham sent his servant back to the homeland, the old homestead, and he said to his servant, I want you to find a wife for, for my son from among my own people. And the servant went back to look for a wife for Isaac. And from his journey, I see some very practical principles for our lives that we need to incorporate in our, into our lives when we are looking for guidance and direction from the Lord. The first one would be this. The Lord guides those who seek for his guidance, who seek for his help. Abraham's servant sought God's help. He was sent to find a wife for Isaac, but he had no idea who this woman would be. All he knew, in, instinctively, he knew that she had to be more than a beautiful woman a woman of, 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 of beauty in her appearance, outward appearance. She had to have a certain quality. She had to have a beauty about her inner spirit, about her inner heart, because it would take that beauty in order for Isaac and, and his wife to bring to fulfillment the promises of God in their lives. So the servant prayed, and this is what he prayed in Genesis 24, verse 12. O Lord, God of my master, Abraham, please give me success today and show unfailing love to my master, Abraham. And then he went on to make this request of God. This was his request. He asked the Lord that when he entered the village, the homeland, the hometown, when he entered that village after his long journey, that he, when he went to the well that there would be a young woman there, an unmarried young woman who would, who would offer to give him a drink, but not only offer to give him a drink, but to give all of his camels, and he had 10 of them, and how many of you know camels can drink a lot? Offer to give all 10 camels a drink as well. So this was a huge thing. So Lord, make it possible that when I come into the city, that some young woman gives me a drink and offers to give my camels a drink as well. If that happens, I will know that this is the woman for Isaac. And that's exactly what happened. The Bible says in Genesis 24, 15, before he had finished 
praying, Rebecca came out to draw the water and the events took place exactly as he had prayed. Not only did she offer him, but she offered a drink for all of his camels. And this is what I want you to understand this morning. God will help you to know his will, but you have got to seek him to know his will. Just uh, thinking that it's going to come to you all of a sudden, it, it, it will not cut it. You have got to ask God. You have got to seek God. You've got to go before God and say, Lord, I need your help. Psalm 37 verse 23 says, the Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. I love the last part of that verse. He delights in the details of your life. Some of us think that God's only concerned about our salvation. He is concerned about every aspect and detail of your life. The fact is God cares about who you marry. The fact is God cares about who you're dating. God cares about your home life, what your home life is like. God cares where you choose to go to school, what you choose to be your career, where you choose to work. And he wants you to succeed in every detail of your life. So let me give you some suggestions on how to determine the will of God for your life. Number one, God reveals his will through his word. The word of God. Every time people have missed God's will, it's because they have failed right here at this point. They haven't followed the principles of God. And oftentimes they don't follow the principles of God because they don't know the principles of God. How do you know the principles of God? You've got to spend time in the Word of God. The Word of God will begin to reveal. The more time you spend in the Word of God, it will begin to reveal to you the principles of God that will bring to pass the blessings and the direction of God in your life. You must have the principles of God established in your heart so that when you come up to certain situations, you're able to make judgments about those situations based on what you know about who God is, the character, the nature of God, and what he has shown himself to be in his word. In fact, I will go so far as to say every deceptive teaching that is out there on the horizon today has its roots right here at this point. It distorts, it ignores, or it adds to the word of God. It distorts, it ignores, or it adds to the word of God. Every false teaching that is on the horizon in America today follows that very pattern. It, it, it distorts the Word of God, it ignores the Word of God, or it adds to the Word of God, and therefore what it is teaching becomes false. So what I'm saying to you is why I'm spending a little time on it, is that this one principle is the most important part of discerning the will of God for your life and His guidance. Because God will never lead you to do something He'll never lead you into some new revelation that is contrary to his written word, the Bible. Psalm chapter 1, verses 1 through 3 says, Oh, the joys of those who don't follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in, in with mockers. In other words, they're not influenced by that group of people. Instead, they allow the word of God to influence them, the law of the Lord. And the law of the Lord here is referencing God's word, the Bible. They meditate on it. And some of us folks, we know more about the Monday night television um, 
uh, line up than we know about the Word of God. And that's the reason why we don't have victory in our lives. It's the reason why we don't know how to direct our lives. We've given our hearts to Jesus, but we don't have victory because we're not spending time in God's Word. I'm not trying to get after you. I'm just trying to tell you how it works. You've got to know the principles of the Word of God in your life. And there's no way to do that other than spending time with it. Number two, God reveals his will through godly counsel. Godly counsel. God will put godly people in your life who can be trusted to give sound advice to you. So you need to identify who those people are. You need to know some mature believers, some mature men for you men, some mature women for you women, who can dispense godly wisdom to you. And, and this is why just being a Lone Ranger Christian doesn't work. And you say, what do you mean by that? There are people who give themselves to their lives to Christ, but they never give themselves in committed fellowship to God's people. They jump all over the place all the time. They don't really know people who can be godly counsels or counselors to their lives. You need to establish yourself in a local church where you know people and people know you. And when you, when you feel something, you need guidance, you need direction, you can go to those individuals who, are, who, who you know to have godly wisdom and counsel and you can talk with them and they know your heart, they know, you, they know your giftings, they know your spirit, and they can speak into your life and say, this is the reason I think that what you're talking about is the will of God, or this is the reason why I think what you're talking about is not the will of God. But you have to know those people to get there. But we desperately need the help of the body of Christ. We come to Jesus for our salvation, but his body, the, the church, becomes a marvelous tool that God uses to speak into our lives the direction that we should go with our lives. Proverbs 11 verse 14 says, with good counselors, there is safety. All right, number three, God reveals his will through teaching and preaching. Hallelujah. I like that one. He reveals his will through teaching and preaching. God can and does speak through the preaching and teaching of his word. A few years ago, I had a woman meet me right up over here. And, and she said to me, Pastor Jim, I'm going through a situation in my life. I really need some direction. I have some questions I really need answered, and I need to meet with you. And I said, that'll be wonderful. And I told her how to set up a meeting so we could take more time than what was available right then to talk together. And, and so she said she would, she would make those contacts. She would set up the appointment to come and meet with me. Well, following the preaching of the word that morning, she met me again right up over here. And she says, Pastor Jim, I have to tell you, I don't need to meet with you after all. I said, well, why not? She said, because every single question I had, you answered in the sermon that morning. And I don't need to come and meet with you now. I thought, hallelujah. Isn't it wonderful how God can speak to people? I've had people come up to me and say, has my wife been talking to you? <laughs> has my husband said something? No, no. It's just God through his, his, his servant speaking into people's lives what they need to hear and giving them direction and guidance. So open your heart to what God may speak to you. 1 Corinthians 1.21 says, God was pleased through the foolishness of preaching to save those who are who are being uh, those who were who believe those who are being saved and if that's true for salvation it is also true for the guidance of the holy spirit number 4 god reveals his will through holy spirit promptings 
Spirit-filled people should expect the Holy Spirit to prompt them at specific times and about specific situations. There are situations you will deal with that the Word of God does not specifically talk about. It doesn't specifically say to you that you're supposed to leave your job in Salt Lake and go to Albuquerque, New Mexico or something. It doesn't, you, know, you won't find that in the Bible. But you do need the guidance of the Holy Spirit at times like that to tell you what the will of God is. Now, you understand the principles of God's Word. When you understand the principles of God's Word, then the Holy Spirit can begin to speak with you. Now, you're a part of a church that believes that not only does the Holy Spirit save us through the power of the cross, but he also anoints us in, with something that we call the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And when we receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit, we receive this marvelous spiritual language that we oftentimes refer to as speaking with other tongues. And what I have found in my life to be true is that the Holy Spirit, um, the, the baptism in the Holy Spirit sensitizes me to the movings of God. So when I use the spiritual prayer language that God has given me, when I pray regularly in the power of the Holy Spirit, I become more sensitized to how God wants to use me and how he wants to flow through me, how he wants to touch another life. I was talking with a woman after our first service who said, I got to tell you this past week what God did in terms of her ability to, and how God prompted her in ministry to a Muslim man who got offended that she was wearing a cross around her neck. And that opened up a marvelous opportunity, not for conflict, but for testimony and for witness. And he just started getting hungry and hungry and hungry for more. It is a Amazing what can happen through our lives when we allow the Holy Spirit to guide and to direct us, and the Holy Spirit will reveal God's will to us through Holy Spirit promptings. Number five, God reveals his will through dreams and visions. Job 33 tells us that God still speaks again and again, though people don't recognize it. He speaks in dreams and visions of the night, when deep sleep falls on people as they lie in their beds, he whispers in their ears. Sometimes God will begin to open your heart up to a new direction, a new, a new thought, a new way through a Holy Spirit-inspired dream. Now, some of the dreams we have are inspired of the pizza that you ate last night. That's why you have to have much more than just a dream to go by. But oftentimes, it can start with the, with the, the Holy Spirit beginning to speak to you in your inner soul when you're, when you're not even aware that God is speaking. I, I love that it says, he whispers in their ears. I remember years ago hearing a song where the song, the lyrics, if I can remember them right, said something to the effect, you dance over me when I am unaware. You speak all around, but I never hear a sound. Lord, I'm amazed at how you love me. And boy, that just opened my heart so much to the idea and the thought that when I am asleep, God is not. And God is working and he is moving and he is speaking to me and he is he's getting me ready for his new thing, whatever that might be. So my advice to you is to review these five principles, but keep in mind the most important of the five is number one which is the word of God. Everything else must be built upon the foundation of the word of God. 
That's your safety net. Let me give you just one last thought about guidance. If you're, if you're in a time where you're needing guidance and direction in your life over some particular situation, but you feel confused, my advice to you from a lifetime of living for Jesus is to do nothing. You hold steady. When you are confused, if you're not careful, you'll respond to your feelings, not to the prompting of the Holy Spirit, and you'll make a big mistake, which can cost you dearly. So my advice, if you're confused right now, you hold steady. The Bible says that God is not the author of confusion. So if you're in confusion, he hasn't spoken to you yet. You need to wait until the confusion goes away and it starts becoming clear that this is God's will. Okay, number two on discerning God's will. Where God guides, he provides. Provision is one of the main truths of God's guidance. Um, God was guiding Isaac. God's hand was on Abraham, then upon his son Isaac. The promise was going to be fulfilled through Isaac. And, and because of that, he needed the right wife, and God provided him a wife. Now, what you may not have right now, everything you need. When Isaac got the promise passed down to him, he didn't have everything he needed. And you can sometimes look at your lack, what you don't have, and say, well, that's impossible. And, and, and so maybe you, you think, I don't have the ability, or I don't have the talent to do what I think God is speaking to me about, or I don't have the finance to step out in faith and do that. But what I want you to, to know is that if you are in the will of God, the Lord will provide everything that you need. He'll provide you the talent. He'll provide you the ability. He'll give you, uh, he'll give you ideas and dreams, uh, uh, things that you never thought would, were out there. He'll give you the strength. He'll even give you the finances that you need. Either he'll do it through, through you, he'll do these things through you or to you personally, or he'll give it to others around you and he'll bring the right people into your life that can help make this all happen. So it, it can either be that God will do it in you alone or he'll bring others around you. It's probably going to be a combination of both where he will bring things to you and, and cause you to begin to step out, but he'll also bring others around you that are going to start providing the answers for, for the direction of God. So, so Forrest and Hannah here are, are stepping out doing this incredible ministry to teenagers all across our district, but they could never do that alone. And so along comes a church called Life Church, coupled with hundreds of other churches who say, we are going to come along and be with you and stand with you. And listen, because you give to missions and some of that missions money goes to them, uh, there are people being saved. There are people being touched. This, this week, kids are going to come to Jesus because of what you did, because of your faithfulness. It's a powerful thing that begins to happen as God brings the right resources into our lives. And he's done that for them. He will do that for you as well. You know, when Israel left Egypt, they were poverty stricken. They had nothing. But on their way out, God gave Israel favor with the Egyptians. And the Bible says that Israel literally plundered Egypt on their way out. 
Exodus 12, 36 says that the Lord had made the Egyptians friendly toward the people of Israel and they gave them whatever they asked for. In this way, they carried away the wealth of the Egyptians when they left Egypt. Isn't that amazing? They had nothing. They were slaves. All they had on, on, on their back was, was their rags and the, and the marks of the whips. But when they walk out, man, God is just pouring into them provision so they have everything that they need. So Israel was in God's will and his provision flowed to them. And the same will happen to you. When you are in God's plan for your life, provision for that plan will come to you. That doesn't mean that you won't go through times of struggle because there will be times of testing. But what I am saying is that when you take that to the Lord and you stand in faith, God will continue to supply everything that you need. His provision will supply everything that you need. And if you seek his will and if you seek his blessing and if you trust in him and the provision doesn't come, it's a sign usually that what you're doing is not God's will. Because where God guides he provides number three and i'll wrap it up real quick god's provision will always be abundant scarcity is of the devil abundance is of god jesus said in john 10 10 the thief does not come except to steal and kill and destroy but i have come that they might have life you might have it more abundantly or or to the full that you might have abundance so for isaac god provided him a wife but he didn't just give him a wife. Genesis 24, 16 says she was stunningly beautiful. Not just a woman, he gave her a stunningly beautiful woman. The Hebrew word translated beautiful here means good, bountiful, fine, best, precious, pleasurable. In other words, Isaac got a 10. A 10 was given to Isaac that day. Why? Because God is the God of abundance. That's his nature. The Lord always supplies his people with abundance. Ephesians 3.20 says, Glory be to God, who by his mighty power at work within us is able to do far more than we would ever dare to ask or even dream of, infinitely beyond the highest prayers, desires, thoughts, or hopes. Boy, thank your highest. God's able to do through you his will far beyond what you have begun to believe for but God doesn't supply abundance to us in order that we become more and more selfish he gives abundantly to us so that we can be more and more generous that we can be more and more uh, sacrificial that we can bless others more and more so I have to tell you when I pray for you I ask God to bless you I ask God to bless you with abundance and I do that because I want you to learn how to be generous with God's work because you're never more like God than when you are generous. You are never more like God than when you are sacrificial. You've got to get the poverty out of your mind and out of your heart because poverty is, is not... It, it's not a matter of the wallet. Poverty is a matter of your mind. It's how you think. You have got to start seeing that God is a God of great provision for your life, of more than enough. He wants to give more than enough to pour into your lap so that more than enough can flow out from you. When the Lord took Israel out of Egypt, 
He took them from a land of not enough. They were slaves. They were in poverty. Many of the Jews died uh, because of the lack of the land. But he brought them out of that. He's going to bring you out of that. Through it. For them, they went then into the wilderness journey, which is a land of just enough. They had enough to eat, but they barely had enough to get by. But he didn't leave them in the wilderness. Hallelujah. He took them into the promised land, the land of more than enough, a land the Bible says was flowing with milk and honey. And that's what Jesus wants to do in your life. Now, the reason, I'm just going to get real with you this morning, okay? The reason that some of you struggle with tithing is because you fundamentally don't believe that the Lord can do more with the 90% that he leaves you than you can do with the 100% if you don't give. And if you tithe and it's still not happening for you, it's because there, in your heart there is still this poverty mentality. You're a poverty thinker. Tithing alone won't cure a poverty spirit. You've got to let God heal that in your heart. And you do that like you let him heal everything else. You, you heal it by confessing it. You heal it by saying, God, I'm sorry. I've been so limited in the way I've been thinking about how you can use me. You, you confess it before the Lord. And then you start giving generously. And, and you start giving sacrificially. And by believing then that he is the God of all provision of more than enough for you. And that's when the windows of heaven will be open in your life. And listen, I'm not talking about money here. I'm talking about money, but I'm also talking about your whole life. The way you think. Because some of you think your, your first two words are, I can't. I can't. And that's the poverty mentality that has gripped your life. And it's not that you can do whatever you want to do. It's you can do whatever God wants you to do. And when you find out what God wants you to do, boy, get ready. Because God wants to supply abundantly in your life. So, so the process of finding a wife for Isaac is a great lesson on finding God's leading for your life. And these are the victory principles. Jesus will guide you if you seek him. So seek him. And Jesus, number two, will provide for you when you walk in his will for your life. So walk in his will for your life. And number three, God's provision will be abundant. It will always be more than enough. Hallelujah. 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 Now I'm going to invite you to stand because I, I want to end this service today. Now some of you might need to wake up here. Um, I'm going to have you stand. Because I'm believing that the Lord's going to break. I, I, I believe that God's given faith to some of you right now. And he's going to break the poverty thinking off of your life. Right now in the power of Jesus. He's going to break that thing off of you. This is Pastor Eric. Thanks so much for checking out our Life Church podcast. We pray that it's a blessing to you. For more information about Life Church, check us out at lifechurchutah.com.